John chapter number 6, John chapter number 6 once again uh, this morning, and we are in a series on Sunday morning uh, from the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish, and we'll look at John chapter 6 once again this morning, and just to uh, refresh your memory, uh, we in the first week we brought a message from uh, John 6 verse 5 when Jesus lifted up his eyes in a week 2. Uh, verse number six, for he himself knew what he would do. And uh, week number three, the end of verse nine, but what are they among so many? So often we just don't think we have enough uh, to give to God, but it's not about the little that we have. Uh, it's what God does with what we do have. And then last week, uh, we looked at the beginning of verse number nine. There is a lad here and how God uses the most unlikely of people, the most unlikely of things, so this morning, we're going to look at John chapter number 6 again, and I'll begin reading in verse number 5, and we'll read down through verse number 14. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread, that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given things, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather of the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that, that, that should come into the world. By this time, we're, we're familiar with this passage of Scripture and this miracle that Jesus uh, did on this day. And the great crowd that followed the Lord and uh, wanted to hear His teaching and uh, wanted a miracle done in their own life. And this great crowd that had followed Him into the wilderness and there wasn't a local market, there wasn't a place for them to uh, buy their groceries. There was no drive through for them to pull through. Uh, they had just known the Lord was close by and they left what they were doing to go and be in His presence. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing today, just as a side note, if God's people, just any time they had an opportunity to be with the Lord, would go through some of the same efforts, just drop what they're doing just to spend time with Him. Uh, it'd be a wonderful thing if that was a regular part of our life. But as that great crowd had gathered, Jesus was going to test his disciples and who's going to show what he could do with just a little. And he posed that question to uh, Philip. Uh, Philip, how are we going to feed all these people? Now the pressure is on Philip. The Lord expects me to feed all these people. And he had taken inventory of the crowd and he said, 200 penny worth of bread. And why he said that, that was about a, a year's wage for a man. If I had a year's wage, you could not feed everybody. What they discovered was there was a lad there that had five barley loaves and two small fishes. The 
five barley loaves and two small fishes was the lunch of a poor little boy. And Christ took it, Christ broke it, and it fed the multitude. I want us to look this morning at verse number, uh, verse number 10. And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. There was much grass in the place, so that men sat down in number of about 5,000. I'll get to our text verse in just a moment, but I want you to picture this in your mind. There's 5,000 men, not including the women and the children. And the disciples come back, and Andrew comes back and says, There's a lad here. I found five loaves and two fishes. It was at that moment... Jesus said, tell everybody to sit down. He did not tell everybody to sit down until he had in his possession that which he needed to do the miracle. And once the, it was told him the lad was there with five loaves and two fishes, he told everybody to sit down. Now look at verse number 11. It's our text verse for the day. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. This morning, I want to speak on when Jesus takes the loaves. When Jesus takes the loaves. Friend, there's something you and I need to be reminded of. When what you have in your possession is in God's possession, its potential is so much greater. When this little lad just had five loaves and two fishes, he had five little barley loaves and two fishes, a lunch that would not have even filled him up. But when it was put in the hands of the Lord, we know what Jesus did with those five loaves and two fishes. Tonight, right this morning, in this progression, this verse, the Bible shows us what takes place when we take what we have and we put it in the hands of the Lord and allow Him to do with the same thing that we had. He can do so much more. This morning, I want to speak on that subject. When Jesus takes the loaves, Father, I pray that you would use the message this morning. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Father, there's, there's someone here in the service this morning who is debating whether or not to surrender everything to you. May the Spirit of God work in their heart this morning and remind them that when we place our life in your hands, you can do so much greater with it. Father, commitments were just made a few moments ago to expand the facilities to grow our ministry so that we can reach more people. May we all be reminded from your word this morning that when we take what we have and we place it in your hands, you do so much greater with it than we could ever do. Father, I pray if there's one unsaved this morning, may they realize their need of salvation. May they allow the Holy Spirit of God to convict them, and may they turn to Christ today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. What a fascinating story and many lessons we've already seen from John chapter number 6. And as we look at our text verse this morning, and Jesus took the loaves. Now, let me remind all of us and let me clarify that Jesus did not go back to that little boy and take out of his hands uh, and, and, and not give him a choice of whether or not he was going to give it. That's not what is being said here when he said Jesus took the loaves. It, 
is very clear that this little lad offered his lunch and Jesus took his lunch. Friend, there's a wonderful, wonderful truth and picture just in that right there. The loaves had to be given. Might I just stop and say, whatever talent, treasure, and time that you have, your life, He is not going to force you to surrender your life to Him. That wouldn't be surrender. Uh, He wants you to willingly give to Him that which you have, not so uh, He's just compiling things so that He can say, I'm God, I have it. I'm going to show us this morning what He does when we give Him uh, that which we have and how He can use it in a much greater way. He's not going to demand it. He's not going to take it. He wants you to offer it. And you and I must be reminded that what we have, if we'll place it in the hands of God, He can do so much greater things with it. That is a, a wonderful truth for you and I to be reminded this morning is that you've got to give it. You've got to offer your life. You got saved. How many of you are saved this morning on your way to heaven? When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you had a free will to decide whether or not you were going to put your faith in Jesus. He didn't force it upon you. It's His will for every man to be saved, but it is something you choose to be saved. The same is true with surrender of your life, your time, your talent, and your treasure. You must offer it. In order for Jesus to take the loaves and bless them and distribute them, they had to be offered to Him. But this next point I'm going to make by way of introduction is a particular blessing to me, and I hope it blesses you as much as it blesses me. Whatever we offer, he'll take. He didn't send it back and say five loaves and two fishes. It's already been established that it would take a, a year's salary, wouldn't feed everybody. The lad, all he had was five loaves and two fishes. And so he offered it, and Jesus took it. I wonder this morning how many Christians do not offer to God the life they have because they don't think it's enough for God to do anything with. They don't think their talent is enough. They don't think they have enough time left for God to do something with. They don't think they have, they have any value. It was just a meager little lunch that would barely stop the hunger pains of a child How was Jesus going to use that? The point in the mind of this lad was Jesus wanted it, Jesus can have it, and Jesus was willing to take it. I wonder how many men would have rejected it because it would have been an insult. I wonder, putting it in context of what we as a church are going through right now, I wonder if there's a member today, somebody who did not make a commitment because your commitment is so small in your eyes, that it's not worth giving. Well, if our faith and our response, if that is our response, and there's a lot of people who would have gone home hungry that day. The fact of the matter is this, and I want you to be reminded of this, that God can do more with what we have than we can do with it. Every parent who's still rearing your children, God can do more with your child than you can. God can do more with your talents than you can. God can do more with your treasure than you can. God can do more with your life than you can. We must give it to Him. 
My mind thinks a little bit differently than, than, than some, and I, and I look at a story like this, and I ask questions. And here's a question that I have when I read this account of a miracle that Christ did. As Jesus saw the crowd, the disciples saw the crowd, I happen to believe the lad was aware of the size of the crowd. And he didn't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that these five loaves and two fishes are barely going to feed me. It's not going to feed everybody. This is a side note. But I wonder if he thought Jesus was hungry. And I'd rather be hungry than Jesus be hungry. I'd rather him have it than me have it. You know what would happen in this world if every Christian took that mindset? I'd rather Jesus have my life than me have my life. I'd rather Jesus have my talent than me have my talent. I'd rather Jesus have my time than me have my time. I'd rather Jesus have my treasure than me have my treasure. What if the lad had saw the crowd and the lad had understand my meager possession is not going to feed everybody. And because of that, he had taken the mindset that I'm afraid a lot of Christians take. Well, if I can't feed everybody else, there's no sense in me going hungry. If I can't meet this need, I mean, what is one little lunch going to do in a crowd this size? What if he had held on to it? What if he kept the loaves? I'm thankful that that lad said, if Jesus wants it, he can have it. It shows the heart. And see, that's why I pointed out, and don't miss this, I, I may get to the outline this morning, I may not. You may not be enjoying this series, but I'm having a good time. I'm already looking forward to, to the next one. He didn't tell them to sit down. I pointed that out until he knew the lad, until they told him the lad is there. Because he knew what he was already going to do. He already knew the heart of the lad. He already knew the lad was going to give his lunch. And he knew that was all he needed. He just needed somebody to give what they had so that he could meet the needs of everybody. I still believe that is true today. God wants to meet the needs of your home, but he needs somebody in that home to just give what they got. God wants to meet the needs of this church. He just needs the people of the church just to give what they got. God wants to meet the needs of our city and our nation and this world, and he wants to do a great work, but he just needs God's people just to be willing to say, if Jesus wants it, Jesus can have it. And quite frankly, we, there's too many Christians that put, we put our own life ahead of the, the purpose of the master, the desires of the master, but if he had kept his loaves, he could have eaten. Let's think about this for a moment. If that lad had kept his lunch, he could have eaten, but he wouldn't have been filled. He could have eaten, but others would have not been fed. He could have eaten his little lunch, but he would have missed out on seeing a miracle. He could have eaten his lunch, but he would have missed out on being used for a greater purpose. 
I mentioned last week, and I've alluded to it today, how those five barley loaves, that was, barley was what, it was common, is what the poor folks used. It was, the, it was what they just, they, they could make with everything, and those little cakes pressed, and, and how this little lad, and this is what he had, and he at least had that that day, and he was aware of what he had, and he could have eaten it that day, but could you imagine how he must have felt when he went home? having seen what Jesus did with a poor boy's lunch. If he had kept it and eaten it for himself, he would have known what it was like to be used for a greater purpose. If he had kept that lunch for himself, perhaps somebody else would have perished. Having been to Israel, you get a little bit of a sense of some, you don't know the exact spot Jesus was when he did this miracle, but it is still today, it is away from town. We got in a motorized vehicle and we drove for a little ways to get to in the vicinity where they believe this miracle took place. On foot, it would have taken obviously a lot longer. And the percentages are pretty great that there might have been somebody who would have perished from a hunger before they could get back to their home. Because Jesus had come apart to be, to be away from the crowd, to take some time apart, and they heard he was apart, and they said, well, we're going to go to where he is. And if the little lad had kept his lunch, there is probably a great chance that somebody would have perished because he did not give the Jesus what Jesus could take and use to meet the needs of other people. Friend, this morning before I do get into the outline, I want to remind us, I want us to see, I want to make sure that I take enough time for it to settle in our minds, but also for the Spirit of God to settle it into our hearts. We must give what we have to God in order for Him to take it and use it. And it's it's just a fact, a life given to Him is used in a greater way than a life kept to oneself. That the time that you have on this earth, if you give it to Him, it can go on in, for eternity as opposed to just living your three score and ten on this earth. Your abilities and, and your talents and your treasures given to Him, He can do more with it than if you just keep it for yourself. But I also want us to be reminded that it is something that we have to do. That, that lad had to give it to Him. Jesus was not going to demand it. He was not going to strong arm him. The fact that Jesus was there impressed this lad enough. If he needs it, he can have it. And you and I ought to feel the same way this morning. If if, if I can give something that he can use in a greater way, I want him to have it. I want him to have what I have so that he can use it however he sees fit. But I want us to see in this verse of Scripture, how God does a miracle, how He did this miracle, and how I believe He does miracles today. 
Because I, I'm certain that in a crowd this size, and those that are watching by live stream or maybe by radio, listening by radio this morning, there's somebody who you hear what I'm saying and it sounds good, and you hear what I'm saying and you believe it's true of this lab, but you, you believe you're the exception. You believe you don't have enough that God can use. There's nothing about you that God would take and use in a greater way. There's no gift, whether financially or of your time or of your ability, that God can take to be a blessing to somebody else. I'm going to show you this morning how God did it then and how he does the miracle now. And if you and I are not part of the miracle God does, it is because we came with our lunch, we ate our lunch, and we went home. We did not give it to him. We did not provide him the opportunity to do something greater within what we have. Let's notice very quickly how God performed this miracle. Notice verse number 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, number one, he blesses the offering given. When God puts a blessing on something, it's not like anything you and I have. The moment he took it, he gave thanks, he blessed it. And when God's fingertips are on, his fingerprints are on, what you and I have to give, it's a whole different, it's a whole different level. It's a whole different thing. Five loaves and two fishes barely feed a lad, but when Jesus takes it and Jesus blesses it, hang on, reach the end of the story. It is going to feed thousands of people in the lives of those Christians that you and I know that have touched our life, that have influenced others, that have made a great difference for God. They were flesh and blood just like you and I are flesh and blood. They have failures just like you and I do. They have inadequacies just like you and I do. Well, why, Pastor? Explain to me how God used them the way God used them. They gave God what they had. They gave God what he asked for. They gave God, they volunteered it. Well, pastor, I wonder if he felt called to give that to God. I don't think he felt called to give that to God. I think he saw an opportunity for him to give the little bit he had to give it to God so that God could use it to help somebody else. Oh, if we would have a revival of unselfishness amongst Christians and give of our time and give of our life and give of our ability. Well, pastor, I want to know how that's going to affect me. Well, I'll be thinking, how is it going to affect others? Because when I have it, I can have, you know, I, I don't think, I, I don't, you know, if you want to criticize some of these things, I'm going to say you can. I don't think I'm stupid. I don't, you know, a little more amens right there would be a little encouraging. <laughs> I, think I, have a, I think I have a pretty sharp mind. I have a little bit of talent God's given me. The point I'm making is, what I have is nothing. It is nothing unless God takes it and uses it. And there's a lot of Christians today, well, I've got a little bit of, of faculties in my mind. I've got a little bit of talent. I've got a little bit of ability. I want to use this that it will benefit me. Friend, if God takes your life, he can use it beyond what you could ever imagine. But you got to give it to him. See, no matter how smart we are, no matter how talented we are, no matter how much life we have left, unless we give it to God, it is not going to be used the way it could be used. Because he takes and he blesses the offering. Number two, 
Don't miss this. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. He distributes the offering to others. Now, I find this very interesting as I look at this miracle. Jesus, there was a lad there who had something to give. Once he gave that to Christ, he blessed it. In that blessing, it's now multiplied. Jesus did not personally distribute that offering to those hungry people there. But he brought others in to be a part of what he was doing. What an honor for God to include us in his work. Do you realize God created you? You didn't evolve. You didn't just happen. God created all those people in this story. I make that point to, 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 to remind you and I that the God who created man, who could have just said, I'm going to take away their hunger. So they're not hungry. Do you realize God can do that? But instead of doing that, he said, I'm going to show this little lad that if he'll give me what he's got, how much more I can do with it. And I'm not going to distribute this myself. I'm going to let these disciples think about this. You see it in your Bible there? He distributed to the disciples. That includes Philip. Hey, Philip, how are we going to feed these people? Philip, oh, no, now, why do you have to call me? I mean, there's Andrew, there's James and John, but Philip. Now I have to solve this problem. Jesus, if we had a year's salary, I couldn't feed all these people. Andrew comes, he searched the crowd, he comes running back. I have, I have a report. What do, you, what do you got, Andrew? There's a lad here. Oh, is his, is his dad a... Does his dad own a bakery? Does his dad own a farm? Does his dad? Nope, he's got five loaves and two fishes. Jesus takes it and breaks it. Remember in verse number six when he said, For he himself knew what he would do? He said, Philip, come here. Take this and feed those people over there. Andrew, take this. And feed those people over there. John, take this and feed those people over there. Peter, take this and feed those people over there. Philip, you about done? Well, you need to come back and get some more because there's some people back there that you need to get to. Philip, the one who said, if I had a year's salary, and, and Philip learned something in God's economy, you don't have to have 200 penny worth to feed 5,000 people. You just have to have a little lad who's got a little lunch, and he'll give it to a great God, and he can distribute it. And can you imagine what it would be like for him, God to say, I'm going to include others into it. Friend, don't make the mistake of thinking, first of all, God cannot use what I give. And when you, God takes what you give, he will use it. But aren't you 
you thankful that he includes you and I in his work? He allows us to take the good news of the gospel to somebody else. He allows us to be a blessing and to minister to others who need somebody to minister to them. He allows us to have a part in his work. The greatest thing you and I do is not make a living from Monday to Friday. The greatest thing you and I do is go to God and let him distribute to us some a little bit of grace so that we can administer it to somebody else. The greatest thing we do is we go to God and we get a little mercy from him and so we can go and distribute that to somebody else and he involves us in his work. That's how God always does a miracle. He takes what you and I cannot do. What you and I cannot multiply. He'll take it and he'll bless it. And when God, that's why we're doing that 72 hours of prayer. It's not enough for you and I to pool our resources. We don't have enough to reach the world, to pay to reach the world with the gospel. We don't have enough to do what it is that God, I believe God wants us to do as a church. But we give what we have, and then we get God involved in it, and get His blessing on it, and He'll take it and then distribute it so that you and I can go out and we can reach people with the gospel. He distributes the, other, the offering to others to labor with him. Now, I'm thankful. And the Bible does not exactly say this, but it leads me to, to draw this conclusion because it says he gave to the disciples and the disciples plural to them that were set down. But I'm glad that those disciples weren't like a lot of Baptists. And because... Jesus put them on the spot. They didn't get, Philip didn't get his feelings hurt. And say, well, I'm not going to have any part of that. All right. He called us out in the wilderness, and he's not even going to take care of us. We don't even have any food to eat. No, they were there right by the Savior. So when the miracle was done, they were part of the work. Can you imagine what it was like to hear Jesus teach? I mean, to hear his audible voice, to look him in the eyeballs when he was speaking, to, to be in his presence. I don't know what that was like. That would have been awesome. But by the way, we can do that with the written word. But they weren't just those who said, I'm just here to glean from the Master. I'm just here to get deeper into the truths of Scripture. I'm just here, I'm just here to be fed. Jesus said, come get this food and feed somebody else. And quite frankly this morning, if, if you'll allow me just to be but there's a lot of people who aren't getting what Jesus has to offer because there's nobody going and getting it from him and giving it to anybody else. We have the benefits of being in his presence. We have the benefits of being fed. We have the benefits of seeing him take a little and making it a lot, but we're not using it to distribute to anybody else, and that's the way God does a miracle. Hey, you want to make a difference in Jacksonville, Florida, friend? Then let's take what Jesus has to offer, and let's go give it to somebody hungry. 
Let's go give it to somebody who needs what he has to offer instead of just keeping it for ourselves. If all of us said, Lord, give me what you got, I'm going to take it to somebody else because he's still enlisting others today. I'm taking a little bit. You don't have to give me a lot, but I'll take it. I'll bless it. And I'm going to give it to you to give to somebody else. Notice the third thing in this miracle he does. And number three, others are included in the miracle. Let me explain the difference. And he distributes the offering to others. He includes those labors, but then others are included in the miracle itself. Notice the progression. When he had given things, he blessed it. He distributed it to the disciples. And then what did the disciples do? And the disciples of them that were sat down. Jesus did the miracle. He included others in the labor. Now, others are included in the miracle. It was not at the hand of Jesus that they received that bread that day. It was at the hand of one of the disciples. This is what I mean by when I make this statement. Others are included in the miracle. Philip, who responded like really any of us would have responded, there's no way. Why are you asking me? Why are you putting this pressure on me? Well, we've got to be reminded when God puts that pressure on us, he already knows what he's going to do. But now Philip got to see with his own eyes Jesus take this little lunch. And in future weeks, we're going to talk about those fragments that remain. But he takes that little lunch and he blesses it. And I don't know how God did it. I don't know if all of a sudden there's piles of bread. I don't know. I kind of think it was in a little, little container and it just never ran out. It just never ran out. He would take that. And he would distribute it. But you know what Philip and those other disciples got to see? When they took that bread and they handed it to that hungry child, they saw in those eyes the need being met. They saw the gratitude of a mother who had hungry children. They got to witness firsthand and be a part of the miracle. Can I tell you the greatest, the greatest, the thing I enjoy more than anything else in my life is when I make myself available to God and I go get something from God, not just for me, I get something for Him so I can go give it to somebody else. And the difference it makes in that person's life. God could bypass me completely. But oh, the joy, and those of you that have served the Lord for some time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you see the sparkle in the eye, when you see what God has done for them, when you're given that gospel and you see the realization as it comes to them, Jesus died for me. Jesus paid my sins. Jesus will save my soul. I just got to depend on him. And the greatest thing in the world is to be used by God. And he allowed those disciples, he didn't just engage them in the labor. He allowed them to distribute. So they heard the thank you. They saw the appreciation. They were a part 
of the miracle. How many churches and how many Christians never know what it's like to be used by God, and it's because they never got involved in the distribution of what God does. They never get involved in, what, in being part of the miracle. It was a wonderful thing because others were included in that miracle. And I hasten to number four. We see verse 11, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes. Notice this next phrase. This whole story is amazing to me. It's amazing. It's amazing to think that there was a little lad there. Jesus knew what he had before he asked that question. There was an unsuspecting little lad there that Jesus was going to use as a miracle. Don't miss this, though. And it was enough. And Jesus fed everybody. But notice this last phrase. There's so is just so telling about our God. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. Number four, when Jesus takes the loaves, everybody gets filled. He did not give them enough just for them to get home. Here's your little strength so you can get home. He said, while you're here, get full. I imagine that lad went home with his belly fuller than it had been in a long time, if ever. Five loaves and two fishes, and I wish I could illustrate for you how little that is. Those of you that have reared boys or you have them at home, you know how much food can be consumed. And you ask the question, do you ever get full? No. Man, I remember I had three brothers and when it was taco night, there's like 42 taco shells. I don't know what my brothers ate. I mean, it was just, <laughs> and it, I mean, it was, do you ever get full? You say, you know, Pastor, you have daughters. You don't know what that's like. You haven't seen my daughters eat. But anyway, <laughs> that, that young man, he went home fuller. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. He went home fuller than he would have if he had kept his lunch. You can take your life and you can do some good with it. But it'll never be as fulfilling as if you give it to Him. You can take your life and you can, you can participate in some moral causes and some benevolent causes, but it can never be as fulfilling as saying, God, I'm going to give you all my life. I don't know what you can do with it. I don't know what you can do with my limitations, but you can have it. And then to watch him bless it and involve you in a miracle of, of, of helping other people. And yes, you could have made a little money, more money along the way, and, 
Yes, you could have taken that first fruits offering and, and you could have done something for yourself that would have been a benefit to you and yourself, but it will not be as fulfilling, friend, in, down the fu- in the future, in just the months ahead, when those buses roll in and those little boys and girls go into a Sunday school room and their eternity is changed. That's the most fulfilling life more than keeping your lunch for yourself, more than keeping your time for yourself, more than keeping your talent for yourself, more than keeping your treasure for yourself. When you give what you have to God, you can eat. You can, you can have your little meal. He's given you enough to have a life. You live in the United States of America, the greatest land in this world. You can make it, but it is not like being filled When you give what you have to God, the most fulfilling life is when that saint of God gets to their last of days and they look back on a life when they have given it all to him. It's not like when a saint of God who's lived for decades for the cause of Christ and Jesus brings them home and waiting for them is all the investment in others. Waiting for them are all the people they won with the gospel. Waiting for them on that other side, that's got to be pretty fulfilling. This is what I think some of our young people misunderstand when they have a pastor that constantly is reminding them to give their life to God. Because when you give your five loaves and two fishes to God, it's just a lot more fulfilling. That lad went home fuller than he would have if he had kept his lunch. We'll talk about the 12 baskets, all that remaining in another week. But he was fuller than he would have been, not just him. I wonder if he had a best friend that went there with him. You know how those young men, I picture him to be about 10, 11, 12 years of age. I don't know how old he was. They have a new best friend every week. And his best bud today was going to go with him. To, he was going to hear Jesus, and he says, won't you go with me? But he didn't have lunch. And what, you know, little boys are different than little girls. The little girls would have hidden it and kept it for themselves. That's just the way they are. <laughs> but boys, it's like, hey, here's my, here's my buddy. I can't let him go hungry. I'm going to give him... One of the fish, two loaves, I'll have two loaves, and we'll split the other one. That's just what boys do. But on this day, Jesus needed his lunch. So I don't want Jesus to be hungry. In the mind of a child, not fully understanding that Jesus, the Son of God, got in the flesh. He made that lunch available. He got filled but his buddy got filled too. As he looked around, I wonder if that lad got a sense of what was taking place. This person ate because of him. This person ate. This person ate. And this person ate. And in the thousands, they didn't just get a little bit. They got stuck. That's how I know this was a Baptist meeting because they went, they kept eating and eating and eating and they got full. That's one potluck where everybody went home 
full and happy. Don't miss this point. I wonder how many people live within driving distance of our church who are empty today and could be filled if somebody give their lunch. I'm worried that I will. Don't you know who the president is? Oh, yeah, we know. Don't you know what's going on in our country? Oh, yeah, we know. This is not the time to be stepping out. Oh, it is, friend, if you want Jesus to take what you have and use it for somebody else. It's not the time if we're more worried about our earthly retirement than our heavenly retirement. It's not the time if we're going to listen to all the prognosticators telling us what we should and should not do. But if I know that Bible and I know my God, it's always the time to give him what he asks of us. It's always the time to make what we have available to him so that he can take it, bless it, involve us in the miracle, and everybody can go home full. I leave us with this and we go to invitation. There is no more satisfying life than a life that is lived giving what you got to God. There's no more satisfying life than giving what you got to Him. And that little lad went home full, so did everybody else. He gave it to the Lord. I wonder who's holding on to their lunch a little too tightly this morning. You can make that lunch signify whatever it is the Spirit of God is speaking to you about today. Well, I, I, I don't, God couldn't use me. Oh, don't slander God that way. God can use anybody, use anything. But what, what difference is it really going to make? I don't know. Why don't you ask the lad? Lad would say, oh, could you, I wish, could you imagine the, the, the sermon he would preach this morning? Give it to God, give it to God, give it to God. Let's give what we have to him. Because when Jesus gets a hold of the loaves, it's different. It's different. There's a lot of people who are benefited. I look around this room this morning. There's many of you, you've served the Lord for a long time. Spiritually speaking, there's a lot of people who've been fed. This church has spiritually fed a lot of people for a long time. We forget their names. We forget their faces. But one day we'll share eternity with them. It's because, yeah, you gave up some time on Saturday. You got up early on Sunday morning and you drove that bus. Instead of sitting with your family in a service, you were willing to serve in another ministry. Instead of taking an extra vacation, you gave some money to support some missionaries so they could go and preach the gospel to those that have never heard the name Jesus. So what is that? That's you giving your five loaves and your two fishes so God can take it. And heaven is going to reveal even how much greater than you and I can even comprehend. But God has taken with the very little that He has given us, and He has used it. I already said I was going to close, and I will, I promise, eventually. But this thought just came to my mind. Several years ago, our family was passing through North Carolina on the way home from a vacation. 
And I, we stopped and checked into the hotel. And when we're, we're all, it was before Alyssa was married, obviously. And when we're all together in one hotel room, I check everybody in and I go hang out in the lobby. I was there, I was working, and the employee came through. I started talking to him. His name was Ibrahim. Ibrahim had just come to the United States from Africa. Began to talk to him about the Lord, and he said, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. And I'll not take the time to go through the whole story. It's a fascinating story. I'll have to tell it at some point. But he goes through, and he was saved as a result of a missionary who went to Africa in the 1800s. And he could talk back to my mother got saved and all the way back to that missionary in the 1800s. Chances are that missionary died wondering, did it really make a difference? Well, one day in, in eternity, he's going to meet Ibrahim who more than a hundred years later trusted Christ as his Savior because a missionary said, I've just got five loaves and two fishes, but you can have it. And God multiplied it beyond what that man could ever understand or imagine. Friend, you and I don't understand. We have no comprehension of what God can take with the little that we have. Father, I pray.